I'll go get it. Hello, and welcome to our podcast, Digging Deep. I'm Roberta Walker. And I'm Michael Glassman. We're two landscape designers that have been in the field for well over 25 years. And through our podcast, Digging Deep, we're going to bring to you our knowledge, our challenges, our foibles, and lots of stories. Anything that can help you and your family create these unusual, wonderful, functional spaces. Right. And we talk about doing it on a budget. We talk about doing doing it in many different ways artistically. And today we're going to talk about um, very small spaces, landscaping and designing for anything from a a patio off your apartment or condo to um, a smaller, you know, we're in Sacramento, but that we have um, lots of like campus commons where um, there are units that have small backyards. So that's going to be the topic today because there's so much you could do in a small space. Absolutely. And the trend in real estate is actually to go to smaller yards, um, high infill uh, places where they, the residential uh, spaces, they might be a little bigger, but the outside spaces are smaller so that they can get more units into one little space. So that leaves a person that um, owns a place but wants some sort of exterior space to use. Um, every single ounce of space is valuable and you want to use it. You don't want to throw any space away. No. Well, I just finished one that came out so nice. And I'll tell you, um, I'll tell you what I did. First of all, um, it was an older unit. So in the in the space that we had in the back, it wasn't tiny, tiny, but I would say it was probably 25 feet by 12 feet. So that's that's small with a with a little path. And right, like a big room. Um, yeah, that's a big small space. There's smaller, smaller space. We'll talk about all of that. But it was older and it had old exposed aggregate with big chunky stones and wood as the expansion joints, which of course are not used anymore. And um, but the inside of the place she had beautiful travertine floors. And so um, we took the concrete out, and now there are pavers. Now there used to be pavers. Those are the manufactured concrete block pavers they have different patterns but they used to be kind of limited to geometric shapes and um, now there's such a variety of pavers available from ultra modern to flagstone looking so it's really a great option other than concrete and um, what we did is with the pavers it was like this beautiful segue from in-house to outhouse so the outside wasn't travertine but they looked like travertine and that's a trick you know when you could bring the inside out in a smooth transition so that's one thing that you could do if you have a small space or consider Right. And it's one of the things that I tell people also is uh, the less materials and the less change of materials, the bigger the space is going to look. It's like if you're remodeling your house on a very limited budget and one of the things you have is you've got carpeting and you've got tile and you've got a little wood floor and you've got linoleum. If you pull it all out and just use one uniformed material, say like you did a hardwood floor throughout, it's going to make the space look a lot bigger, even though you haven't taken down any walls, even though you haven't built any new rooms. But the minute that everything flows and it's not all little chopped up spaces will give the illusion of a lot more space. And that's a really important element. It's a very important element because what it brings is a a sense of serenity. 
you could breathe in it a little bit better without a million things going on. Right, so, and you were saying that the indoor-outdoor, it's one of the things a lot of times people have. Hardwood floors. Now, you're not going to put hardwood floors outside, but what you can do is there's now porcelain tile that's made for the outside that looks just like wood. In fact, a lot of times we do that. We'll take the same coloration, the same pattern, and lay it the same way on an exterior space. So if you have all glass between the interior and the exterior, it's a big glass door, and you've got wood floors on the outside, you can actually take the porcelain tile that's the same color wood and bring it to the outside, and then the inside and the outside just flows together in one seamless space. You could do that. There's also concrete stamping that um, it can look just like wood as well. But let's say you don't have a big budget. Let's say you don't have the budget to break out whatever's there and pour something new or buy tile to put on top. You could buy um, squares. I've, um, Ikea used to have them. You can go online, but they're kind of like um, maybe 12 or 18 inch wooden squares, teak squares. And you could put those right on top of the concrete to make a, a beautiful splash. I mean, it's just wonderful. And they also come in non-wood materials too. So they kind of clip together. And it, like I said, if you have a very small space and you want to transform it, let's say you have a patio off your condo it's very small you could do something like that and once you do that on the floor already you are halfway there to creating something new absolutely and again um the transitional space from indoor outdoor just becomes a really nice feature the one thing you have to make sure is that your finished floor elevation that's where when you open the door that the concrete is low enough that you can actually put something on top of it without it hitting the threshold, which is when you walk out, you don't A, want to trip, you know, and have a little lip, or number two is you can't open the doors if they open out because you you put something on top of the concrete and then you the doors don't open. So that's one thing that you need to look at. Right. Number three would be if you're level with the door, that means when it rains, you're level with the door. Water. Right all the water come back into the door. So that's an important that, thing to get. Yeah, there's there's a reason why there's um what's called a weep, you know, under the door, a little a little edge. So anyway that with with um the and let's say you don't have you don't want to do any of that. Well there's great outdoor rugs too. That is true. And and the exterior rugs are actually pretty nice and they can get rained on and everything. And again, that gives it more of, a, of an outdoor, uh, outdoor indoor room feel, which is a really nice feature. Now, the other thing that I always tell people is, um, let's say you have a small, a small outdoor space. It's a condo or it's a townhouse. And one of the walls, you know, you have you share a wall with your neighbor. Um, one of the things that's really important is to stain that the the transition wall between you and your your neighbor. Maybe it's a fence, um, the same color as maybe the trim of the house, or if it's one that's kind of um, underneath a cover, you might even make that a feature wall. So you might put barn wood on that, or you might paint it a different color. Because think of it, when you're doing the inside of your house, a lot of times we put feature walls. We put um, wallpaper, or we put uh, a piece of artwork, or we do um, a, you know, a specific color. If you start thinking of your outdoor spaces as outdoor rooms, you start using the same things that you would do inside, outside, and it makes the space a lot easier to work with. It does. And, you know, using um, repurposed wood, you know, you could even in your neighborhood find someone who's taken out their old fence and you could sand them, you could whitewash them, and then you can nail them or glue them right to the wall as long as you I own 
that condo. If you're just renting it, don't do it. <laughs> exactly. And um, I know one time we talked about that a long time ago, but um, some of the, the uh, packing crates, you know, the crates that you can the take pallets. the wood, you, the yeah. pallets. Mm-hmm. You can use that wood. In fact, that would be a really nice way um, to to put hanging baskets or hanging plants on the pallets. They're not expensive. You can get them even in the back of a grocery store sometimes or, or a furniture store. They throw away the pallets and they make for a really wonderful feature. If you stain them, you paint them and then, you know, stuff them and put plants, hanging plants from them or pots. I mean, that's a great feature. And that's something that's really, really special. It is. You can even put a mirror on it if it's covered overhead. And that way, in a small space, if you have it mirroring, let's say, a lot of potted plants, or if you have a place to plant and there's some plants, that, too, will make the space feel much more expanded. Absolutely. I was just thinking that a mirror would be a great solution. We actually put a mirror against the wall of our house that reflects back to this more of a natural area in the back. So when you're sitting there and you're looking at the house, you're looking in the mirror and you can see all the natural trees and, and the wildlife behind it. And it's, and it's a really nice feature. So mirrors don't have to be just relegated to the inside of the house. They really give a wonderful, expansive feeling for the outside. Yes, as long as it's covered. If it's not covered, then you, you're going to want to seal around it. We want some put up a big heavy mirror and tiled around it with, you know, with grout. And so the water couldn't get behind it. But um, it's, it's a great feature, especially in a small space. Also, um, having water, uh, some kind of small water feature. There are many water features. Um, if you don't want to dig in ground and put a basin that just recycle in their own bowl. But having the sound of water is so relaxing and peaceful. So let's say you have a small area and you've got an outdoor rug and then you where your outlet is, you put in the water feature. You do what Michael's talking about with a feature wall. Maybe you want to um, hang some outdoor curtains or canvas and have them sway, you know, swagged back. This could be a beautiful inexpensive way to have a new space to be in. Absolutely. And and um, if, even if you're on a limited budget, um, you were saying earlier that IKEA sells things. IKEA sells the, the outdoor fabric panels that you can actually buy, and they're not expensive, and they're already grommeted. And then you put up a curtain rod and then hang them, and it's, it's just a really nice feature. And you're absolutely right. I mean, a lot of times people say, I've got a small space. I don't have a lot of room for entertaining. But if you make your outdoor room or your outdoor space as an extension of your house, I guarantee you people will want to be outdoors and they will indoors. Oh yeah. And it's, it's charming. And when the weather is nice, it's a place to be outside. So, you know, don't lament if your space is really small or, um, you know, you you, you have a, a condo with basically a patio out the second floor. There's always something you can do. And Absolutely. Then- and, and even, you know, in earlier shows, we talked about vegetable gardening. But I will tell you, if that patio gets any sort of sun and you don't, that's all you have and you want, oh, my God, I just want a tomato plant or I want a, one cucumber. You can do kind of a terraced um, uh, planter using pots, you know, like an iron stand and then have it two levels. Or you can even do like a, um, they call it a strawberry pot where you actually can plant different, uh, like maybe two different types of vegetables and grow it right on the patio. And, and as long as you keep it watered and, you know, you have a way to trap the, the, the water runoff. So it's not running into your house or down on your neighbor below. Um, what a great place to be able to 
grow your own tomatoes. It is. And they also sell Amazon and other places online around $100. These raised planters that are on legs. And so if you want to have a little garden and, um, you know, depending on, it actually doesn't matter how small your place is. It just, um, if you have some sunlight, you could put together one of these um, standing planters, which are really convenient because then you don't have to bend. You don't have to right. be on your knees. And you could, um, you know, you've got the soil perfect because um, it's raised. You don't have slugs crawling up or, you know, it, you know, the things that normal gardeners have to deal with. So you could keep a perfect soil balance there, grow herbs and vegetables and flowers. And it could be a year round because when the vegetables are done the herbs are there and you could just pop in you know annuals if you want to change them with the seasons because your little patio can have you could do that with a raised planter like that or you could do it with half wine barrels or you could do it with pots you could change with the seasons and it's really lovely i think the most important thing is when people uh, are saying to themselves you know how am i going to get the maximum amount from my space and how do i start and i think the important thing is you make a list of your priorities. I mean, is that space going to be strictly for entertaining, for a dining, or just relaxing or anything? And don't try to do too much. So if you have a big yard, sure, you can have one room that's for sitting by the fire and you have lounge chairs and another kind of area that you're going to cook and you're going to eat and another area for gardening and another area for for maybe bocce. But if you've got one small space, you can decide what the most important area is. And for me, it would be a place to, get, to sit outside and eat um, or and or if there's enough room, maybe a nice comfortable chair with an ottoman and a small little table that you can sit and kind of read, relax, and meditate. Those two things are the most important thing. And then once you've got the space and that, and you make the majority of the space for those elements, then you start thinking of ways to soften it down, to make it more aesthetically pleasing, adding planting, adding the feature wall, adding the water feature, so that there's a reason. Because you're not, just because you have a slab of concrete and it's big enough to put a table that you can eat in there, if it's not pretty, if it's not aesthetically pleasing, you're not going to go out there and sit. No, you're not. You know, I, as I was listening, I was thinking about another aspect of something that you can do and um, to make a small space look bigger. So depending on your space, and we're talking now more than a, just a patio, if you have room to put a little winding path, and I'm talking about, let's say it's 10 feet long or 15 feet by eight feet, you could do a little winding path with stepping stones and plant on either side, and you're gonna start to create the illusion, almost like they do in Japanese gardens, that there's more space. It's not like you're gonna walk through there and, and prune but your eye will follow this little meandering path so don't hesitate and if you have room to do a little mounding that's even better because you could do a little mound a small boulder a japanese maple a little water feature a little path maybe a little river cobble so you you take the small space which generally if it's a small space it's a geometric space it's square or rectangle mostly if it's a small space that's what i was dealing with might have some offshoots with pathways but, but think about, you know, just map out, like Michael was saying, having the space or pre-thinking how much space you need to sit out there. Are you going to sit out there? Are you going to dine out there? And once you do that, then think out of the box. It's like start, start playing, meandering, and changing that geometry. Because when you walk into a small space 
or a house and you could see or the backyard you could see all points you know the right fence the left fence the back fence that's it part of your mind stops there but if there's a meandering path all of a sudden this is a part of your mind that you're really not that conscious of it starts following that and it, it creates a flow which makes it even more comfortable to be in I agree. Also think about a focal point. We do that subconsciously when we're doing the inside of the house. When you walk into a house, um, why do you put art on a wall? Why do people put a big bouquet of flowers in a vase in a room? It's to create something where as you walk into the room, your attention is, is created. It's a focal point. The art on the wall creates a focal point for you to look at. The, the flower vase and the flowers are a focal point on the coffee table. If you do that in your yard, also you can have a primary and a secondary focal point. It again, it gives more um, uh, dimension to your space because it's something to look at other than a, just a plain sense and that whole idea of the meandering path and uh, you can even do that with um iron arches that you plant out with like climbing roses or a climbing vine that again hang down so again your mind will automatically want to look underneath those arches to see what's going on and at the end of it if you had piece of art or as um, Roberta said, a Japanese maple or a little gurgling fountain or something that that adds a dimension to the overall um, uh, composition. It does. And um, in Japanese garden gardens uh, or designing, what you're the goal is, is to create the macrocosm in a microcosm way in your yard. So, um, Making your space with little mounds, little cobble, um, a feature, doesn't have to be Mount Fuji, but um, you will recreate what's large in nature, small in your yard, and that's just a magical thing to do. So um, don't hesitate. Yeah, old saying less is more. <laughs> what? The less old saying less is more. Less is more. You know, I so often I, I can tell when I drive by certain landscapes where the homeowners have done their own drought-tolerant landscape. And here's why I know. One, there's no flow to it, and they bought all these plants and just put them in. And it's like if you go to a gallery and they put all these different types of art on the wall, all over the wall, you know, you're not going to really get the experience of the art. There's just too much going on. And it's the same thing with your yard. You want to plan it out. You want to have a flow to it. You want to have a focal point. You want to have a place to sit. And um, so don't, you know, don't pile on tons of pots. And if you're putting pots in a small space, I recommend that you stay in the same style. So if you I want to go... For me, that's a pet peeve. It's the same style. It's the same coloration because having one of each different color and each different style, all it does is it looks like a busy hoarding mess. And for me, you know, it's like one big pot. I will tell you um, again, that old saying that I always say, less is more. One big pot um, 
that's like three by three or two foot by by um, 30 inches. You can plant more things that can gush out of it and that can be more interesting than having 10 little pots. And it's also the economy of time. You, If you have to water 10 pots versus one big large pot that has more room for the roots to grow, um, it's more effective. It's more dramatic. So, you know, and that's the biggest mistake people make is they have too many little, in Yiddish, there's an old expression called tchotchkes. They're little dust collectors. The more you have, the more busy it looks. The simpler you have, the more dramatic it looks. You know, when you said tchotchkes, I was thinking of another Yiddish word. And my grandmother, you say it's fakakta, which means okay. you crap it up. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And it's, it, it's true. It's, it, we have a tendency, you know, and it's really funny because I see wow. that a lot. You'll go, I occasionally I'll go into these beautiful homes that are well appointed and you know that they've either worked, they have good taste or they've worked with an interior designer and you look through and it's, and it's just very well thought out and you walk into the backyard and it's like, oh my God, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. And then we have um, every little, little gnome known to man. <laughs> And you have 10 different pots and it's like you look at it and you want to say to them, um, what was the inspiration behind this? Well, I went to the store and I love this little gnome and then I saw this little figurine and then I like this pot and that pot and everything. You realize, you know, it's like when you try to explain to them, you wouldn't do that on the inside of your house. You keep kept it clean and very, very a classic. But you go to the outside and everything just goes to hell in a handbasket. And it, it's kind of interesting because people don't equate the outside as, a, as an outdoor environment, you know, that's attached to the house. And, right. and to me, that's really important. Right. You know, I did a landscape many, many years ago, and it was very formal. We had white columns, you know, trellis over that, a water feature. The whole backyard was done beautifully and very formal their neighbor right next door and these are these are big houses um had and put on his side of the fence that stuck up whirly gigs all the way up the fence it's mad yeah so from her yard that's very formal there's all these little whirly animal you know wooden things going around oh it's just it's yeah anyway yeah it's interesting i mean i i i went recently to a house and did a consultation at the end of the street and it's the same thing there had to have been 50 whirly gigs and there were 50, oh my god you drove up there and it was like oh we're we're at the renaissance fair it's, it's yeah. it was just it was just i just stood there for about 5 minutes and stared and went that's a real interesting thing to look at and when the homeowners came out they go yeah we look at that a lot we we we, we hope we hope the people will move and, and they, but they, they love it, you know, and, and there's no accounting for, you know, what people like. That's true. So um, that's where screening comes in handy. And, um, uh, yes, well, trellises, yeah. <laughs> the trellises, you know, and, um, or vertical gardens. Yeah. yeah. Or, um, I, I just, did um, a house in a co-housing project and it wasn't so much to screen her neighbors out, but the sun blasted on her little front porch. So we put up a metal screen and planted kiwi. And I'm here to tell you within weeks, that thing is winding its way all the way up there. So um, 
Those are that's all. A very, that's a very important thing that you just said that people need to consider. When you're dealing with a small space, a lot of times one of the most important things that you have to plan for is privacy because you're not, again, if you feel like you're in a, a fishbowl and when you walk outside, your neighbor is sitting and looking at you either on top of you, next to you, and you don't feel like there's any sort of insulation, you're not going to go out there. So privacy screens like Roberta was talking about. Um, the addition of the water is really nice because it muffles sound of talking and everything. But that is a really important thing because people won't use the space if they feel like they're sitting in someone else's backyard or they're sitting on top of the neighbor. You, you just get embarrassed because you feel like you have to whisper the entire time. Right, right. And so um, any type of screen or if you don't have a screen, the curtains that we we're talking about, that those make screens as well. So um, don't hesitate, again, to think outside the box. There's so many different examples on Pinterest and house, but there are inexpensive ways to do this as well. But if you have a bigger yard and it's your home and it's solid, then you could put in structures that, um, that, are, that will last out of wood or wrought iron. I saw something really, really interesting, and anyone, um, I happened to do a, cons a consultation at Bogle Winery, and they had, as you drive down there, they had this big wall that they built um, to hide a lot of the pumps in the storage area that's not very pretty, and it was a great idea they used, and it was really inexpensive. They use corrugated metal, you know, that you can get all over. Theirs happened to be a little bit older, so it, was, it, it wasn't as shiny. And then they found old fence boards, which, again, is, as Roberta said, if someone's changing out their fence. And so if you can imagine, they had a panel of, of fence boards going horizontally, and then they had a panel of, of corrugated, and then they alternated it with the, the fence and the corrugated. And it made almost like a, a patchwork quilt. And I will tell you it was really really cool because the old fence boards were this kind of this um gray um really really kind of earthy and then you had these corrugated metal panels and it made for a really wonderful screen i have to tell you it was not expensive um and it's something that anyone could build because a lot of it is recycled materials yep Yep. You can even um, you can even incorporate in that some of the old corrugated plastic in the different color mm-hmm to make checkerboards. Um, yeah, there's so many ways that you could repurpose um, things to make great screens and, um, and, and well, just all kinds of things for your garden. I, I just thought of something else too. Oh, lighting. So lighting your little area. Bistro lights are a wonderful way and you could get them cheap enough um, through Costco to light. Yes. You yes. could use your LED Christmas lights. There's yes. also wonderful candles now that you just turn on. They're LED, and that way you don't have to worry about leaving them on in fire. <clears throat> but um, consider lighting your area as well, because that's important, especially if you're going to eat out there in the dark. You have to have you got to see what you're eating. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, there's a there during the day a place can look beautiful, but I will tell you with some nice lighting and accent lighting, and even if you do those candles in a big. Um, in, in uh, lanterns, you know, you turn them on so that they're not real flame, la uh, flame lights, but they look like it. Um, the ambiance, it totally changes the feel of the space. No matter how small, it, it becomes a, a different environment. It's totally magical. It's a space that you want to go out there and sit. You want to dine. You want to have a drink. You want to talk intimately with someone because of the lights and the darks and the shadows. So you're, you're absolutely right. Lighting is crucial. 
It's important. And, you know, you can get the paper Japanese lanterns and um, you could put the little, again, instead of putting votive candles in there, you could put the little votive lights. You could do all kinds of different sizes hanging from the, you know, the ceiling or from cords. So um, you, you could really make it magical without breaking the bank. And what I love about small gardens and small, smaller landscapes and small spaces is that you can max them out without breaking the bank. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the one thing that you can do. And with all the new innovations that they have now, um, you can make your space a wow. And um, and where they, that you'll find that your your company comes over, your friends come over, your relatives come over. And instead of being inside, they go, I want to go outside. I want to sit outside. They'll specifically want to come out, um, come over when it's night because you've turned on the lights and you have the music on and you have the sound of the water. It's just it, it truly is magical. It's magical. And, you know, at any point, if you take us up on some of our suggestions and you want to share it, please feel free to share it on our website, which is diggingdeep.blueberry.net, which is B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.net. We would love to see what you're doing. We would love to answer any questions that you have. And um, it would just be nice to hear from you. So, again, yeah, it's it's, it's, um, diggingdeep.blueberry.net. So I'm Michael Glassman. And? No, I'm Michael Glassman. You're Roberta Walker. <laughs> yeah, and you're, I'm Roberta Walker. <laughs> and thank you for joining us in Digging Deep. Digging Deep. Thank you so much.